there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Polly Howard. And we are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino, as always. And coming up today, over the next three hours, VSIN contributor, better handicapper, Will Hill is going to join the program in 90 minutes, get his early feel for the uh, final four games that we have set now for Saturday. And Adam Burke will be in studio in the final hour of today's program. Did a great job putting together the VSIN Pro Baseball Betting Guide. He'll be in studio. We'll preview the upcoming season with him for a half an hour at that time. Plenty today on college basketball and the NBA, and we're going to begin by kind of like recapping where we're at, how we got to this point now in the madness in the tournament, Paulie. And if you go back to again last week when I was asking everybody, do you want Houston and Alabama or the field? That lasted like one day before both ones got bounced. So now, not only was it the first time ever that not uh, we did not get a single one seed past the Sweet 16, look at this, we don't have a, a Final Four with the number one seed. Only the fourth time in history that that's happened. Yep. 1980, 2006, 2011, 2023. And the sum of all seeds to make the Final Four, that opened 15 and a half before the tournament. It was 13 and a half on Friday show that flew over. We have a, a four, two fives and a nine to equal 23. Are you okay with this? I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, I love the Florida Atlantic angle, 
Uh, but but again, that was a horrible job by the committee. That why was Florida Atlantic playing Memphis in an eight nine game? It was absurd when you saw how Memphis good. could easily be here. Yes, they could. That's that's a good point. Miami is dead and buried against Drake. First game, first round. Florida Atlantic needs a controversial call to go their way, and they're still down one on the final possession. They would have gone out in the first round. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Connecticut's blowing everybody out, uh, and then San Diego State. That's a tie game with three minutes left against Charleston. So they're, they're fortunate to be here as well. And they trailed pretty but, much the entire game yeah, yesterday. Yeah. So I, I is this going to happen moving forward? People are saying yes because with the portal and conference realignment and NIL that this could happen. But I, I just the little guy is going to going to shrink though too because all these teams from Conference USA are moving to the American. All the teams from the American are moving to the Big Twelve. San Diego State will leave the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a theater of absurd now that UCLA and Rutgers are going to be in the same conference. Is Gonzaga going to leave the West Coast? That probably will I happen, that's, too. That's been a talking point for many many years. And yeah. The fact that you yeah. have a football program kind of hurts them out a little yeah. bit. But. I, don't, I don't know. How do you feel about it? It's but I, I, I can't believe what happened Friday with Alabama and Houston going out and Houston blown out in that game. Yeah. And, then, and then you think everything's fine, Alabama's still up nine with ten minutes, and they lose the game. Yeah, we'll get into, uh, I think, a little live betting action today and what we noticed over the weekend as well. But also, like, there was some controversy at the end of that game, and I will preface this by telling you that, because I I want to make no bones about this, like, I'm not bitter at all, because the Mountain West Conference uh, prop bet for wins in the tournament, I loved it to go under three and a half. Well, thanks to San Diego State, they went over on their own. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a limit bet on that. Um, That's here a in, vicious beat. Here in town. It's a terrible beat. Oh. But here's what I did. After every other team was eliminated, and it was only San Diego State left, I mitigated the loss by taking them 7-1 to one to win their region. I also took them plus 7.5 against Alabama. I had a good breakdown on that on Friday, why I liked them. And also, I bought up to three points yesterday, minus 20 cents. So, I won money either way. That said, you can't make that call at the end of the game. And I know oh, it's, you can't really? make the call. You cannot make the call. And I know, look, I mean. Well, because of how it was called the whole game? That's a humongous part of it, yes. All right. You are and, deciding the game with that call. And that, that's, that's two, two things, right? Because you saw how physical that game was. Those two teams were beating the daylights out of each other. And I've heard former players now, and they, they've made it a point to say this in the last, you know, 18 hours, whatever it's been. They said, look, I've played in countless games. You're going to know right away in the game, and most times the referees are going to say something to you like when the game's going on, like, look, you maybe got away with this call, the hand-checking uh, earlier in the week. I'm, not, I'm calling everything today. Like, they will let you know. Mm. They were letting them play. They were. It was a bloodbath yesterday, and all of a sudden you're going to make that call at the very end of the game with basically no time. A huge problem with that. Number two, I guess some people are okay with referees deciding games. I'm not. I would rather have the players decide games. I want that game to go to overtime. And was it that egregious? So if the guy never called that foul in real time, by the way, I'm not talking about slowing it down, going back and looking at the replay. I'm talking about bang, bang, play. Is anybody that pissed off if if he doesn't make the call? Probably not. And number three, the worst call happened at the 944 mark on Mensa. When he's the one who initiates the hook, on Kalkbrenner, and then I know it's the rule that he did the hook and hold. How is a guy, it's like the, the targeting in football. This is physics, people. How, how does the guy get out of it? He's hooked. So what is he, I know that there was an announcer saying, you got to go up like this. This is real time. It's, again, ha- things are happening like this. How do, you, how do you tell yourself, okay, per the rule, I got to go up now to get out of the hook, and then we're going to be okay. It's silly. That should have been on Mensa or nothing. 
And, and then they went to a replay to come up with this decision. So you're outraged at that call? The final, the foul, they gave him the lead, but Trammell hitting the free throw and then the flagrant. All of it. You can't stand any of it. Well, I, I, I don't like the hook and hold at all. Yeah. But I get, they call that a lot. They need to, re, they need to tinker that rule. They need to get rid of that rule. You need to take in common sense a little bit here. Right. I'm stunned that they made it because of the history of this conference, which we've been through. And I know humans pointed out San Diego State has uh, done well and responsible for most of the wins going back with this lousy conference since 2001, uh, and everyone else has been a, a hound's breakfast. But how they defend and guard the three is historic. Creighton, 2 of 17 from 3. Alabama, 3 of 27. Charleston, 5 of 24. Furman, 6 of 26. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And a great job by Dutcher. And, awesome and, job. And, and the, the Mountain West had ever been in the Elite Eight, and now the Aztecs are dancing and cutting down the nets as well. And only a one-and-a-half-point favorite against the Owls. But I I was concerned they didn't have enough offense. But when you play defense like that and how they guard the three, it's historic. Incredible. I I think we saw right out of the gates yesterday, right? Where they fell behind Creighton right away in that game. And they were having their woes offensively to begin. And and this is a common trait that everybody knows about with this team. At some point during the game, it happened against Alabama. At some point, you know that a clunker is coming. Like the drought's coming. And it, it began yesterday. But because of their defense, they made them stay in the game the entire time. And now here they are dancing and tip of the captain. I mean, they, they are carrying the flag here for the Mountain West. This is much like, to me, Alabama for many years under Nick Saban, when the fans of that conference would chant SEC when it was Bama and nobody else until Georgia finally stepped up. This is like this year now. The Mountain West, they go over three and a half, and hey, yippee, you know, and it's all mm-hmm. San Diego State. Yep. But what you said is exactly what you, my takeaway is every single time I watch this team play. They are men. There is a big difference here. Like this team, they're physical. Um, they're built, they have wide shoulders, they have thick bodies, and uh, that's how they play. And uh, I, I see, I like the physical nature of basketball. I hate ticky-tack calls. I'm not, call, I'm not saying that that was really like ticky-tack. I'm saying you can't, you can let them play the whole game. You can't, you can't call that thing at the end. But it sounds like you had a problem with it, or you were okay with it, I mean. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. If, if I understand, I mean, if you're going to call the game tight, uh, or, uh, not tight, and then you you let that you call that there when you're letting guys get away with the murder. I understand that, but you are deciding the game. The other thing is just to report the facts here: the uh, sports books have destroyed the players in this tournament, mm-hmm. utter destruction. This John Ewing tweet, who's at BetMGM, this is this is hilarious. Most tickets bet to win the tournament at BetMGM. You're down. Look at this. You you only left UConn, Alabama, ten percent couldn't even make the Elite Eight. Kansas couldn't get to the Sweet 16. Texas, 6.8%. Gone yesterday. Houston, 6.5%. All, and the list goes all the way down to Arizona. Couldn't even win a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you have a nine seed. The first time since 2013 make the Final Four. And only the ninth time that a nine seed or lower has made the Final Four since they introduced seeding in 1979. But they weren't a nine seed, though. And again, that's a horrible job by the committee. They're 35-3. and three. I mean, when, the Conference USA is 15-1 and one straight up in all these tournaments. Sure. It's ridiculous. Huh? And what they did, and they put them in an 8-9 game. And also, remember how stuff usually corrects itself with all those totals going under in the first round? Yes. The first right. weekend? Well, since then, totals in the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8, 6-2 and two over on Thursday and Friday. It was 2-2 two and two over the weekend, but Sweet 16 slash Elite 8 totals went 8-4 and four to the over. And some of those games were right. absolutely flying. But it's been a weird tournament, though. I mean, we, we, no, oh, it defines that word for sure. No buzzer beater. That's 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 not a big deal. But no, uh, only one overtime, 
The inflatable balls we'll get to. I thought Jeff Goodman was excellent on this network. Talk, he was actually dribbling the ball. He said it was a Super Bowl. So between the balls, the slick balls, too much air in them, uh, how they, they're not calling stuff and letting them play, it's just been a weird tournament. And, well, and of course, all the upsets, and then we see who's in the Final Four. That, well, that, look no further than that. Yeah. Again, I, and I wonder, like, the, you know the ratings are not going to be a big deal, and people are going to piss and moan about this Final Four. I'm wondering if the betting handle is going to be down because of the teams that are in this thing. If not, I, I look, I would love to get reports this week that, guys, you wouldn't believe it. No-name teams in the Final Four, our betting handle is through the roof. That would be awesome to hear. Because I, I don't care about the TV ratings. That doesn't really, none of that stuff really bothers me. Never has. That's totally overblown. I want to know what it's going to be like at sports books and if people are going to come out of their way to go to the Final Four, go to sports books, line up. Yeah. Maybe not. I, I mean, I could see a scenario where it's not popular because game one is San Diego State versus Florida Atlantic. Right. I mean, if you're not into this stuff, then that's well, not going right. to catch a no, lot of people. No, the casual it. fan will not. No. Right. And plus, Florida Atlantic doesn't have a, have a history. I, mean, I think they started D1 yeah. ball in the, in the early 90s. Great menu and house specials at Bet Rivers. Good baseball stuff up there as well that starts Thursday. And you can also play their squares. Place a qualifying bet. Get a bonus square. If your numbers match, you win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers, bonuses, and credit use. Full terms and conditions available. BetRiversSquares.com. So Creighton head coach, Craig McDermott, was asked about the fall at the end of the game. We'll play you that soundbite coming up next. You'll hear what he had to say regarding that contact and the whistle. And also, regression is a very common common word used in sports bidding. I'll tell you why it's not necessarily the case in the tournament. Up next here on Follow the Money, it's VSIN, the sports betting network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? Or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. For the Draft GM Shuffle podcast, must listen for every football fan. Michael Lombardi goes off on players, teams, and coaching decisions every Monday and Thursday throughout the season. Uncensored. I love it. Download and subscribe to the Shuffle podcast from VSIN and DraftKings today, wherever. You get your podcast and a great job by Michael to get uh, Femi involved in watching Sopranos as well and catching up. Uh, Peter King today. If they flex Thursday night games, it's a punch to the face of the fans. Totally agree. Goodell wants it. Coaches hate it. Owners are going to vote on it. And Young helped himself more at his pro day than Stroud. Observations from Peter King today. Young helped himself more. At his pro day. Huh. They can't flex Thursday night games. No, you can't. From the fan standpoint, you can't do that either, no. right? And player safety and all right. They need to do the right thing and get rid of Thursday night games. But that'll never happen. Right. Too much money involved. Right. The updated numbers at Kempom this morning, now that we're in the final four, and uh, yes, this includes the entire tournament, games that are played to, to this point. UConn is the number one team in the country. Third offensively, 11th defensively. So that... that part of the criteria has been a big winner almost every year going back the last 20 plus years. If you're top 20 in both offense and defense, that's what it takes to win, typically speaking. Uh, Texas, they blew the game yesterday. Yep, They're top 15 in both. Um, a 13-point lead with 13 minutes to play, and they lost their minds. They started 70-13 from three-point land, and uh, they had a chance to go down. Also, big reversal in that game, too, with the call that went against Texas. Uh, that gave Miami a clear heads up or uh, advantage at that point. And that's, you know, I think people should, that's kind of getting lost because of the foul on San Diego State in that game against Creighton. But that was a huge reversal between those two teams. San Diego State is number 14 per his numbers. FAU number 17 and uh, Miami is number 22. So the point spreads and the numbers in those two games now for Saturday. San Diego State, a point and a half. And the total there, is uh, coming down a little bit, but 131 and a half for that game. Any opinion early on? Yeah, I like the Aztecs just because of how they've guarded the three and defend the three. And and also, if you watch the Kansas State game, though, Florida Atlantic should have been blowing them out. Stop turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. But I think the turnovers could come back to bite them Saturday and how the Aztecs defend and guard the three. But uh, you have to love May. I mean, what he does and what they run. And also, I mean, the, the stuff at the end of the game is great. Uh, here's an idea. Maybe I get the ball to the guy who's my best free throw shooter. Yeah. In Christ. I mean, that's another thing. Sure. That's obvious, but so many coaches don't do it. It's like Gonzaga. The, the number 22 is like 50. I, I think it's what he anyway. He's, he's 57% from the line. Right. He's the one who's coming back to the ball. I don't want him shooting free throws. How about some uh, situational awareness there? Yeah. It was like, I mean, to Mark Few's credit in the game on Thursday night on that final possession, they took Drew Timmy out of the game. Yeah, I mean, he just missed a couple yeah. of free throws. He's like, I can't. You get, Jake look. from the line though, too. But I, yes, yeah, my I, I don't love either one of these games in terms of uh, the point spread, but 
I would my early feel here is that I would like San Diego State. Yeah, we'll see where this one goes right. uh, throughout the week. And they the offense showed up definitely in, in that second half. And you know, I know you texted me as well. But can you believe this second half total in the Alabama San Diego State game? I said, Mitch, it's going over when you when, because that's what happened throughout this whole tournament. Yeah. And when you see something like that, all of a sudden after a horrible first half. All hell breaks loose in the second half, and it, it flies over again. And you know what? To that point, that is one thing that I do like. I like the first half under. It's around 61, San Diego State and FAU. Right. now, if don't, it, don't forget the dome angle here, too. Sure, sure. Now, if they get it done, this would be a phenomenal, a great story, and then could a 300-401 actually win the whole damn thing. And then again, as I said earlier, they'd be the first team seated ninth or worse to make it and get there yep. after what's happened the previous eight times. But I, I lean Aztecs. The other game, UConn laying a big number against Miami. I mean, if you consider what Miami has done to get here, their last three games. Yes. Oh, my God. I know UConn's been the team of the tournament. Miami has been insane on offense. How good is Drake? Begs the question, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, Drake had him beat. They did. And that shouldn't happen with a senior, with a team that old. with seniors and juniors. Yep. How they imploded. And Miami closed on a 16-1 to run. But, Larinaga, Final Four, George Mason. Final Four with Miami. Guy's a great coach. Yeah, there's a good tweet um, from Bomani Jones who said, this dude took a team to the Final Four with George Mason and Miami. That's it. That's all I need to say. Right? You don't, as he pointed out, you don't even have to say another word about your career after that. And he says, take a bow. Guy's a phenomenal head coach. Yep. Think about that. Mm-hmm. He took those two programs to the Final Four. Yep. And they are just clicking right now, man, offensively. But they're up against this, you know, this juggernaut that's blowing everybody out. Again, they are covering the spread on average by 17 and a half, more than that, actually, points per game so far in the tournament. Can they keep it up? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing several tweets. It's the UConn Invitational. Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah. But. Uh, Jim Root, who's very good in college basketball, yeah. a very common guest on this network. His gut feeling was... UConn wins both games by a combined 30 points. Okay, th- this could be like Villanova yeah. 2018 all over again, where I think they were laying four against Kansas that year. And Kansas was really good in the final four. T- Villanova took that game was over with at like the second media timeout. Did you happen to catch the post? I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday with Jay Wright. I thought he had an interesting answer. And he would know. He's the guy to ask. Now what happens? He goes, here's what you do. You have to, get, to keep the guys close to you. You can't let the players interact with the student body because everyone wants a piece of them and everyone's telling them how great they are. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to keep go. them away from the student body. And what this is like now that you're in the Final Four and you get this time off, you know, everyone wants a piece of you. You got to keep, you know, make... It's great them. advice. Yep. It was, I thought it was a phenomenal answer. He went on for a couple minutes about now what is it like that you've made the Final Four and how to make sure you cut down the nets and win the whole thing now. But he went on about keep them away from the student body Everyone's pumping their tires. Yeah. Keep them grounded. Give them stuff to do and uh, keep them close to home. Otherwise, it's not like one person's going to be walking around big man on ca- campus. We're talking about like 10 guys, 12 guys. They, they all think they're big men on campus. Yeah. And for the next four days or whatever they could do, you know, it's going to be heaven on earth for them. Well, it, it can't be that easy. You got to wait till this thing is over with. Some observations, Paulie, of uh, live betting when you're attending a game. I went to the UConn-Gonzaga game on Saturday here in Las Vegas. And we're actually ahead of the live betting, if you can believe it or not. So we're sitting, like, right pretty much on center court, but we were in the second, we were in the, uh, not the lower bowl, upper 
uh, up top. Really good ticket too, where you can see every like possible vantage point. And we, uh, my buddy and I, were firing on all cylinders, right? With we have multiple apps up, sites. Wow, check. You, you must be ninety seconds ahead of the TV then. Like if you would text somebody, if you oh, would go play by play. Because and I'm looking like at, well, you're at the game, and if I'm watching, yeah? you're probably ninety seconds ahead. Probably that's my thought, right? Yep. Because. Think about how if you really time it out on your phone or your apps or your websites, however you do this when you're live betting, if you look at, like, if you're watching the game and you see the score on your app, it's like you're always so far behind. You're a couple possessions behind. Oh, minimum. Minimum. So that's why you, it sucks because you always need to wait until, like, a commercial timeout to make a bet. Well, we're there live, Uh and I'm going back and forth between at least two or three different apps at the same time. And we were five sometimes up to like 10 seconds ahead of the live betting. And it would actually confuse me for a minute because I would be like, wait a second, they just scored. Why is it not updated? I'm here live and I'm like, oh wait, we're ahead of them for the first time ever. Took me a minute to actually realize that. Here's the problem. Is that, and I don't know if this was like a a Wi-Fi thing or a, a geolocation type of thing. At at least one, if not two books, it was tough to actually make a bet go through. Because, again, we're talking about 18,000 people are at the game. It's sold out the way it looked. And then you have the Taylor Swift concert next door down the street. There's a UFC fight, like, on the same corner. I think it was where it was. There's, there's like, hundreds of thousands of people in the same area, maybe all trying to get on Wi-Fi or, like, connect. And it's like it wouldn't, I couldn't get bets to go through at at least two different sites. So I have the advantage, in theory, right. by a good five to ten seconds, but I won't take a bet couple of places eventually that we found were taking bets. So, and you could just tell for what it's worth. Another one, you could, t- that total was super high with the in play. 148 and a half, seven minutes to go. UConn has a 25 point lead, if not more. Gonzaga was struggling. You could think the blowout scenario. They, they couldn't hit shots. Yeah. Timmy was pretty much out of the game. Yeah. They were going to wave the white flag and UConn was going to start going like slow down time. We're not going to go up tempo anymore. And we're just like, this is a complete dead under now. Yeah. Watching it live, I mean, you probably saw the same thing on TV as well. And uh, that stayed under the live bets that we were making by 10, 12, 13 points. Yep. So. In play, UConn and the under. I, I did the same thing. I thought the same thing. Oh, the guy, they got did. the 30. Yep. Well, plus, plus the Timmy foul. I mean, you had a problem with what happened in the San Diego State game. I, the third and fourth foul oh. on Timmy. I mean, come on. Trust me. Come on, guys. Yep. Uh, side note, for what it's worth, kind of a dead crowd. Although it was almost well, sold a, out. No, no, no. I'm uh, talking through early first really half, numb, close yeah. game. Mm. And it was, you know, dominated by Gonzaga fans. I don't. They were not into it that much. I don't know what the hell was going on. But I expected that place to be on fire. Uh, unfortunately, it really wasn't. And then forget about it once. I mean, people were leaving. It's a mass exodus there in the final yeah. 12 minutes of the game. Yeah, too bad. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? It's it's. I think UConn beats UCLA because UCLA is not, a, but it's probably not a thirty-point blowout. Well, give me a full-strength UCLA though. I mean, imagine if they had Clark oh. and, and the big guy. Well, full Bona? full strength UCLA versus UConn right now. That's oh. that's your national title that, game. I agree. That is your national title. Yeah. All right. Up next, we will get into the NBA. We'll recap what took place this weekend and tie it into tonight's card and uh, how impressive. Is this Sacramento Kings season 
only currently the biggest leap in the history of the NBA. I will give you the eye-poppy numbers next on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. March Madness might be winding down, but doesn't mean there is still isn't plenty going on. Opening day right around the corner. We have you covered with our betting guide, power rankings, best bets. Adam Burke did a great job. He's in studio in half hour. We have the Masters next week. We'll have a Masters betting guide. Two weeks left in the regular season of the NBA. Then the playoffs, obviously, playing around, which will be a gas. And only three weeks left in the hockey season. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today, only $19. Get everything we do for $19, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. In the previous hour, I told you a prop that's available this year at William Hill. It's uh, will a player have 200-plus hits this season? The yes is even money. The no is minus 120. The yes is 43 and 7 since 1970. 43 and 7. And uh, the last three out of the last four years and the last two in a row it stayed under. And uh, good tweets here from Doug and Marshall. They're basically pointing out don't take the under this year. That recent trend is going to go bye bye. The shift's gone. Yep, yeah. Yep, so more yep, hits are yep, going to be available. Yep. Uh huh. For sure. It's a great good point. Good call. Good call. Yep. So I would, I'm not going to bet it, but if I had to, I would absolutely yep. bet even money on the. Uh, Yes, to get 200 hits this season. Mm-hmm. I would bet that. Did you Have you seen a prop on stolen bases yet? For most? Not player, uh, number. Yes, you brought this up a while back. Because this Somebody is, sent it to me. It was 50 and a half, I believe. You got to go, yeah. Got to pound the over. Because if you saw what happened in the minor leagues, stolen bases went up 30% with the new rule where you can only throw over twice mm-hmm. per, per uh, plate appearance. Right. And that's, you know, you're pot committed. You throw over there once, and it's like, what the hell do I do now? I don't know what, go in my pants or wind my watch. Right. But that is, but again. You would people, like that one a lot, huh? You, mm-hmm. you can't, God forbid we get that back into play. We need the stolen base back in baseball. I would agree with that. Got to have it. I was a big fan of that when it was uh, so prominent for so many years. Uh, we talked a lot about the San Diego State Creighton game to begin the show today, and the call that was made at the end of the game. You don't really have a problem with it. I mean, he's on his hip. And I, I understand it decides the game. I, I actually, I'll take the easy way out. I see both sides. Everyone was, uh, a lot of people were furious. Other people said, you got to call that. It's one way or to the you, other. There's no your, sitting but, on the fence for but, this. But, it's, you're right, you either hated it or you thought it was a good call. But the pro, Okay, the problem that people have, and I, you too, is they let everything go and, and they let them play. And then with one second left, you decide the game with the call. Travel makes the free throw, and that's it. Yeah, I couldn't stand it. I'd okay. rather well, have you hated players. a lot of things, though. I, you I, mentioned I, the hook and the flagrant foul, too. With uh, Mensa initiated. He's the one who started yeah. the hook. Should be on him. Yeah. That was a bad call. Yeah. Um, this is from Andy. Email ftmadvsin.com. He was okay with the call. When a player's in the air, he's extremely vulnerable. Any contact could result in him falling and suffering an injury. My approach is hands-off when a player's in the air. They let the two teams beat the daylights out of each other for pretty much the entire game. And this goes to um, Seth on email says that he coaches high school basketball. He's not trying to compare the two, but there are so many times when the defense gets a major advantage in the last few seconds because the ref refuses to make the call. 
If it's a uh-huh. foul in the first half, it's a foul in the second half. I would agree, Seth, but that was not a foul in the first half. Yes. That's my biggest problem. There's not enough there. I mean, he's on his hip, but there's it's not it's not enough, I think, to decide the game. Right. I'd rather they're showing it right so now. So again, too. I'm not here's yeah. a part. I, I I wanna have the players decide the game on the court in overtime. I don't want to have the referee call that. Yeah. I just don't. When, again, they let a lot of stuff go the entire game. Yes. And then at the final seconds, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide what's going to happen here. This is from Frank e- uh, email. He officiates at the high school level and are always taught the consistency factor. So if you give me just that play and nothing else, yes, it's a foul. But when you factor in consistency and what was and wasn't called the previous 39 minutes, would have had no issue with a no call. And uh, Frank came out from Maryland a couple of weeks ago. It was great to meet you when he came out, Frank. Mm-hmm. Saying hello again this yeah, morning. That's like a home plate umpire. As long as you're consistent, okay. That, that's all I'm asking but for. That's, you know, and that's he it. call it that way for both teams. Yeah. Sure. This is Greg McDermott, head coach of Creighton. He was asked about how the game ended after it was over. Two teams played their tails off. Officiating's part of the game. Um, and uh, we're not going to go there. Uh, we lost the game because we didn't do enough. Well, to the the two for what was he it? wants to go there. He's not going to go. Well, there. I'll get into that in a second. The two of seventeen from three, though. I mean, that's the other thing. Well, that's I'm not saying but that. The, that's, yeah, sure, you got to sure. shoot better. Sure, right? No, no, but don't but, blow the lead. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But why can't he go there? This is another thing I have a problem with. Why can't we say anything? I hate it. Paul. Like, if I, did you just see the debacle in the Clipper game? The Clippers are playing the Thunder last week. To that point, it was the biggest game of the season for both teams. Early in the second quarter, Kawhi Leonard thinks he has an and one. It's a he, that guy hits him on the arm. It's blatant, and, he, and Kawhi goes, "Come on, it's an and one." He tees him up. Okay, and then Man complains. He kicks him out of the game. Yeah, yeah. And goes back to back to back technicals. There's these guys have got to be held accountable. And you just, you can't say anything or criticize them without getting fined. Of course. Afterwards, these guys that sometimes do a terrible job. Again, I recently in, in, I, in the I, NBA is is, is a, at the worst. I've had a problem. I said this on the air recently. I ha- I've had a problem since I was in middle school when Barkley would get fined. I'm like, I didn't understand it. Freedom of speech. What happened to that? And you need make the guys talk. And if they say something you that's bad, right. and the it's officials, like the Van Vliet. I'll take the fine. Sure. This guy has it in for me. He's killing me. We know Foster and CP3 have a history. They find, they actually, remember that debacle? The Lakers uh, uh, beat the Suns. It was a 46 to 6, it was ridiculous. A 46 to 20 free throw disparity. Monty Williams comes out, coach of the Suns, and says, I can't believe that 46 to 20 can't happen. They said we were shooting jumpers. I disagree. I can't believe we were out. We, they went to the line 26 more times than we did, and he walked off. And they still find them. Yep. They still find them. Mm-hmm. They didn't even take a question. And, and the referees are the authority figure. What they say, they're the police, right? They're, what they say goes, yeah. Yeah. and yet there's no accountability. So when they do something like this, you never have to hear from them. Yep. Like there's one person, there's a pool reporter, pool and that's reporter. it. Right. There's, they never have to face the music. There's also this. And a very good tweet from uh, Tim Murray, who's a host here on the network, pointed out UConn's dominant so far. Yep. On the floor and against the number. They're 4-0 ATS, and they're covering on average by 17.75 points per game. Look at this. 9.5 against Iona, they won by 24. Lane 4 against St. Mary's, they won by 15. Over the weekend, they were laying a combined 6 points to Arkansas and Gonzaga, and they won by 51 points. So when you go back and look, 
As I said earlier today in the show, like the word regression is always thrown around in sports. A lot of times during March Madness, while this can't continue, I'm here to tell you, yeah, it can. Um, the teams since like 1990 that have won uh, uh, all of their games by huge, huge margins. Kentucky in 1996, the biggest margin ever by a team to win 129 points overall. Their closest two games, seven points in the final four, nine points in the national title game. Villanova in 2016, they got by Kansas by five in the Elite Eight, and they beat uh, North Carolina with that buzzer beater in the national title game. They won in the final four by 44 points. And that was after they won by 30, yep. 19, and 23. It, they, yep. the, the 2009 North Carolina team, they won by 43, 14, 21, 12, 14, and 17. Uh, 1990 UNLV had one close game. It was a two-point win against Ball State. Not that long ago. 2018 Villanova. They won by 26, 23, 12-12. And in the final four, they beat Kansas by 16. And in the title game, they beat Michigan by 17. Neither one of those games were ever a contest. They were both over with early. Your thoughts overall, now that we're down to four. It was a really a unique and historic tournament. You know, we couldn't get a one seed to the Elite Eight. I like it. I'm, Never a, big, happened I'm a big fan of this final four. Okay, Your, your biggest seed is UConn at a four seed yeah. to make it. That, that's You have a nine seed to make it. That's only happened nine times. Uh, I thought Jeff Goodman was great on this network. He called the UConn blowout over Gonzaga. But also, you, the, the basketballs were a story, too, and all the unders and how the players are getting destroyed by the books. But he said he went out there, and he said it's absolutely real. He called it Inflategate. There's too much air in the ball. He said it was like a Super Bowl, trying to dribble it. And then how it's slick. And you know, certainly this, the issues from the three-point line were a story through the first four days. Well, that hasn't between, mattered at all. By the way, UConn's really? opponent hasn't mattered for Miami. Well, that's true. That's true, right? Uh, that, that was wild, how they come back and they only hit two threes. Then you have Miller yesterday. Joins Leitner 100%. Yep. Made every shot yep. in 20, the game. 27 points. That's right. So we, we've seen it all here, with the exception of a buzzer beater. In this tournament, and some people will say I don't like it. Too many upsets, and and I know, mm. uh, I, and I, I don't want to go. Too many. People could say that. Yeah, sure. And you don't have the big boy, and you don't have a, a, a one seat even to go. Well, who's the, the big eight. boy though? Oh, Who is good, the yeah, big sure. boy yeah. in 2023? I don't think it exists anymore. Again, what you said last week. Yeah. Eyeball test. You put on any game in the tournament. That's for, right. for the most part. That's why this ACC guy's a clown. What do you oh, mean? The, what do you yeah. mean? I test. I test. What, by what? What? Well, yeah, what, what Florida you, Atlantic's 35-3. and three. What eye test? Yep. I mean, the so many of these games. The, I think the perfect example would be the Princeton game. Princeton, Missouri. Who's the 15? Who's the 15 and who's catching seven? If you, if you take off a blindfold for the first time in a long time and put that game on TV when it's eight minutes in, you're like, well, clearly Missouri is the uh, 15 seed here. Nope, wrong. Try again. Yeah. They're so close. Miami might win this whole thing. Drake had them buried and dead to rights. That could happen. Drake had him beat. That's it's over. That's why, again, I'm not going to bet UConn in this game. I think the numbers are a touch high, in my uh-huh. opinion. And yeah. and as, as good as they've been, as I just pointed out, think about that since the, since the game against Drake. What they did to Indiana. What they did to Houston and then the comeback against Texas yesterday. I mean, to be down by 13 points with 13 minutes to play, you are almost dead and buried, and they came all the way back and never hit a three in the entire second half to win that game. That's... In 20, come on. Yeah. When does that happen? Yeah, no doubt. 
All right, so we'll recap the weekend from a betting perspective here, how it was for us with uh, in-pocket plays and what we're adding today. Coming up here on Follow the Money, it's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Great house specials at Bet Rivers. How many teams will win 100 games? The leaders in the divisions in April. Best record, first to 30 wins, anything you want. Great menu at Bet Rivers and the squares. You can win up to 10000 in bonus money by playing their squares. Place a qualifying bet, get a bonus square. If your numbers on your square match the final score, you win. Restrictions on wagers, eligible bonus credit use. Full terms and conditions available. BetRiversquares.com. Get up there. Opening day we have coming up on Thursday. This is always such a great time of the year with the madness, baseball starting, the Masters. You get uh, the playoffs in the NBA and the NHL. And Adam Burke is uh, kind enough to join us here bright and early on a Monday morning. And he did a spectacular job with the uh, VSIN MLB betting guide, man. Honestly, it was... uh, Tremendous job. All the numbers, the the words that you put together on every one of these teams, the analysis. I can't imagine how much time you put into this thing. So I'll ask you, like, did you, when you were doing all of this on every single team, did anything like just completely jump off the page to you for one or two or three teams? You were like, oh my God, that number is startling. That number I can't believe. Anything like that. I will say, I think by and large, a lot of the win total numbers this year were pretty good. Okay. I think the books are 
kind of starting to incorporate some of the advanced metrics. And of course, there's a lot of projection systems out there as well. But there were a few teams that stood out to me. And, and I think that's something that's really important to mention. We're going to talk about stats a little bit mm-hmm. you know, during this segment. But there's a stat called WRC plus weighted runs created plus. You don't need to know how to calculate it, just how to interpret it. 100 is league average. Anything below 100 means you're a below average player. Anything above 100 means you're an above average player. One of the things that I like to look at, especially because I'm previewing the whole season, I like to look at how many average or better players a team has. Okay. Because I don't think people realize there are a lot of below average players in Major League Baseball. A lot of them. So if you go from a below average player to an average or better player, that's a huge upgrade. So I look for a lot of those and kind of look for them in the aggregate. The more average or better players you have, the more depth you have, the better your team's going to be. That's a huge part of my season win total handicapping. Okay, and then for, from the off-season additions then, did it, which team then would fit that bill where like, okay, well, they made some really good moves here and they're going to be much better than a year ago. So one team I would say is actually the Chicago Cubs. And I was on their overseas win total last year, 74 and a half, didn't come through. I also had them 11 to 1 to win the division, didn't get there. But they were one of the better teams in baseball in the second half. And what they did this season was they took the best parts of their lineup, Nico Horner, Ian Happ, Patrick Wisdom, Christopher Morrell, kept those guys around and signed a bunch of proven track record guys. Trey Mancini, Cody Bellinger, they got a big deal for Dansby Swanson. So basically what they did was they took the best parts of their lineup and then complemented those guys with league average or better hitters. And it didn't really show up in terms of the win total to me. They're only a three-win upgrade from last year. I think they're a much better team than that. So the Cubs were a team that really stood out to me because, again, they added depth throughout the lineup. They've improved the rotation. They've improved the bullpen. But they went from a lot of below-average hitters playing almost all the time to a lot of average or above guys. So that's what I look for, at least from a season-long standpoint. What if you can fix Bellinger? I mean, you got a former MVP here now. Right, exactly. And, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, Bellinger's on a prove-it deal. You know, he's on oh, yeah. one of those one-year deals like, hey, can you bounce back? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the contract year thing is real. I've read studies about it. It's a very real thing. Uh-huh. For a guy like Bellinger, he's only 27 years old. Wow. You know, he goes to Wrigley Field where oh. if he hits a fly ball on a windy day, oh, yeah. it's going to wind yeah. up going 480 feet. It's a really good low-risk signing for a team just looking for roster upgrades. Okay, that's great. What about the flip side then? They maybe lost some players. They, you know, uh, surpassed their expectations from a year ago. And uh, this year coming in, you're like, wait a second here. That number's way too high, and I got to go under that. So this one pains me. Or because... do you just look at the <laughs> bad teams in baseball and say they can't win that many games? Well, I mean, that's true. A lot of the bad teams will probably be pretty bad. And something if you're looking at, you know, season win totals or in-season win totals, stuff like that, you've got to think long-term about what these teams will do at the trade. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like for the Phillies, for example – the fact that they didn't sign Aaron Nola to a contract extension before the season, the fact that talks fell apart, he's an impending free agent at the end of the year. If they're not in it, and now they lost Reese Hoskins, a 30-homer guy, Bryce Harper's out until the All-Star break, if they're not in it, why not trade Aaron Nola? Unless you really feel like you can sign him after the season to a long-term extension, and maybe they do, but they will have to make a decision probably between Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, so we'll see which they decide. But that's a team where if they're... Nine or ten out in the division, six, seven out in the wild card, something like that at, at the trade deadline, they may move Aaron Nola. There's no way that they're going to go over 88 and a half if they move a guy oh, like that. Yeah. So that's something you want to look at as well. Teams that you know may be sellers at the trade deadline. But one team, I don't they didn't overachieve last year, and, and I like them on an annual basis. But at some point, I think the Tampa Bay Rays have to fall short of expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've had so mm-hmm. many injuries in the rotation. Shane McClanahan missed part of the second half last year. 
virtually every single one of their pitching prospects has had Tommy John surgery. I just don't love this lineup. I don't think it's particularly good. I don't think it it's going to benefit from the rule changes as much as other teams. And from their rotation, a lot of guys set new career highs in innings last year, and now they're going to try to stay healthy for a full year this year. I think it's just a big ask for a Tampa Bay team that's in a division where Baltimore's gotten better. Toronto is a World Series contender. New York, despite all their injuries, still a World Series contender. So I feel like Tampa Bay may fall off a little bit. I took under 88 and a half, and I've loved this team like five years in a row. So that kind of stood out to me as maybe being a big sign. How about the totals for the two New York teams? And all the injuries to the Yankees rotation, and you're sitting there with 93 and a half uh, in that range. And then the, the movement on the Mets win total as a result of the Diaz injury. The movement on the Mets win total honestly makes me want to bet the over. Me too. I mean, I, I thought 95 and a half, 94 and a half in that range was a pretty good number. I thought it was fair. This is a team with a high ceiling. Clearly, they won 101 games last year, so they're plenty capable of going over. I mean, look, Edwin Diaz is an elite reliever. Don't get me wrong. But he was going to play in probably 65 of their 162 games. Sure, he's going to be out there when they have a lead, but there are other guys, I think, that can handle that ninth inning role. This is still a really, really good rotation. This is still a really, really good lineup in a division that's not particularly great. And the Marlins are under one of my favorite season win totals. So that's another team that, you know, I don't expect much from in that division. I just talked about the Phillies. At this point, there's definitely an equity, I think, in in taking the Mets over. Okay, I like that. And also, the Nationals, do you think they're going to lose 100 games? I think they'll be very close. I I know that uh, Paul was mentioning during the break, there's a prop about, you know, will a team lose 100 games? The Nationals have a great shot. The A's have an extremely good shot at doing it. I think it probably happens. I think the Nationals could very well be one of them, especially because like their young guys, their prospects didn't really showcase much last year. Maybe they take a leap, but when you look at the Nationals from a player development standpoint, they don't do very well. A lot of the guys they had in that 2019 run were free agents that they brought in or guys they had traded for that were just about major league ready from other teams. If your player development staff is bad, and you're banking on prospects that you acquired, that's really not a great strategy. And I think the Nationals could really be affected this year. So you mentioned the Yankees still probably a World Series contender, but that would tell me then out of the gates here, not too concerned about the early season injuries here. Rodon, Severino, Montas. I mean, I'm I'm always concerned about Carlos Rodon. Have to be. I mean, you, you just have to be, especially because it feels like he's kind of on borrowed time anytime he's healthy. So that's definitely a concern there for sure. Severino, I mean, they've they've kind of learned to live without him, and, and hopefully it's not too severe of an injury for him. Montas being out for the year is not great, but this is still an elite-level bullpen. This is still a really, really good lineup, and I think the starting rotation actually in its current state really isn't that bad. I mean, Nestor Cortez coming off of a breakout season for him, I still think he's really good. Mm-hmm. I think Garrett Cole, I'm not going to bet it, but I think Garrett Cole could very well win the Cy Young this year. So I, I still think this is a team that has a really high ceiling, very high floor as well. I, I still think they're definitely a World Series contender. Did Did you bet anybody yet for the like any like awards at all, or do you not get involved there? I you know what it's so hard because you, you're kind of gambling on health, you know, and and that's something that I just I don't really like to do. I'd rather kind of have my bankroll liquid to bet day by day mm-hmm. instead of have a lot of things tied up. I've played five win totals so far. I may add a sixth or a seventh before we get to opening day here on Thursday, uh, but. For me, I think the awards markets, there's just there's too much volatility, and a lot of times you're going to get a better price at some point during the season anyway. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. If you track this stuff, because most books will post it throughout the entire year uh, for the Rookie of the Year, oh. the Cy Young, the MVP, certainly. 
But what about, and by the way, division prices too. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you pay attention to the strength of schedule and you notice that, I mean, Paul, you called the Braves winning streak last year when they went on a huge tear uh, and they kind of, you know, eliminated that number against the Mets. There was a year, a couple of years ago, you probably didn't remember this because you're a Guardians fan, where, was it the Twins who had a big lead? Yeah. Twins had a huge lead Went from 12 in the to three games like that. Just like that. because mm -hmm. you, But you can tell that the upcoming yeah. schedule for the Guardians, it was like, well, they're going to win a lot of these games potentially. And because of the huge lead, you could get a gigantic number on the Guardians, at, I think at the time the Indians, to win their division. If you pay attention to that stuff all the time, things are changing like that. So Yeah, they good. had that 22-game winning streak that that one year. And, yeah. and look, I mean, Paulie had a great point about the Braves last year. I mean, you know, they were running into such a soft part of the schedule. I think they won like 14 in a row or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. That was definitely the buy sign for them. Absolutely. And, and you will find those throughout the course of the season. This year is going to be interesting, too, because the schedule has changed. So instead yeah. of playing 19 games against every division yeah. opponent, you play 13, yeah. which will kind of help some teams a lot more than others. Okay, we'll continue with Adam Burke uh, up next here and Follow the Money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Again, he put together the great betting guide that you can get for Major League Baseball. I want to ask him keys to betting baseball games on a, on a daily basis because you can spend hours on fan graphs, baseball savant, other spots, right, to check out these numbers. Which numbers do we need to pay attention to every single day when betting baseball? There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? Or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.